Let me move to our second panelist. She is Katrina Kosic, Senior Research Fellow here at IFPRI. Katrina, your research has looked at a lot of the psychological dimensions of climate change, climate shocks and poverty, including uh, looking at individuals' aspirations for the future. I wonder if you could offer some reflections on this report from that perspective. This, this report, I found it, as much as it was very sobering, I feel like it also gives a lot of interesting insights in how one might go around tackling these problems, which I think was a really uh, good aspect of it. Um, now, one of the things, so we're looking at these very concrete, tangible tolls of, of climate, um, adverse climate events. Um, one of the things that I really think is important um, and have kind of come upon in my own research is the fact that there are major psychological tolls of extreme climate events like this in at least two areas. Uh, one of those is when we look at an event like this, that it can affect actually beyond affecting anything that happens today, it can affect individuals' aspirations for the future. It can affect their likelihood to engage in, in investments and make um, future-oriented decisions that can actually help make them become more resilient in the future, it can help uh, bring them out of poverty. So this is a huge cost that we don't necessarily always look at. Another thing is the ability for adverse events like this to actually lead individuals to lose confidence in their governments which is important because losing confidence in your government can result in a lot of civic disengagement. It can result in governments themselves not really having much of a, a, a need to respond to anything anymore because individuals are pulling away and less engaged in the political system. And at the same time, it can open up uh, fresh ground for individuals to turn to extremist groups and other non-government actors that are supplying goods when the state is not doing that. So huge costs here. I wanted to just quickly share a few insights from my own research uh, on this. One of them is in Pakistan. Pakistan had devastating floods in 2010. A fifth of the country is underwater. And what we found with our research there is a whole year and a half after the floods, individuals that were flood affected were aspiring to achieve less in the future. They had less ambitious goals in terms of their children's education, in terms of the asset wealth they would like to one day accumulate, in terms of the income generating opportunities they'd like to take advantage of. So huge cost here. But at the same time, we found that when there was access to uh, the Citizens Damage Compensation Program that gave flood victims relief, all of these negative aspirational effects evaporated. So completely done away with. So really bringing up the importance of effective government response and having what, what the report calls the sort of shock responsive um, social protection in place. Uh, one of the other things that we noticed is that when individuals were in, a, were in a position where they felt relatively poor and relatively deprived, confidence for, in government just tanked. Very low, very low. But for individuals who ended up getting a social protection program, this completely evaporated the negative experience and the negative uh, attitudes towards government. So again, being able to identify, understand the risks of, and address these, these adverse um, impacts, I think, through effective and shock um, uh, relief from government is, is really important. Katrina, thank you for sharing that. We have a, a one minute and 40 seconds. Let me follow up on the role of governments. Government budgets are often stretched thin. So absent these generous government programs, individuals often resort to migration. Can migration help mitigate the negative impacts of climate shocks? 
Thanks. So I, I think migration is often a very powerful thing. Um, it can help um, create new livelihood opportunities for individuals that migrate. Remittances often come back home. This can be very helpful. Sometimes we ask why there is not more migration because of all of the opportunities here. At the same time, I feel like there's some words of caution that are necessary. I've, I've got a paper that just came out this last week about the psychological toll of migration. We did research in IFPRI, a 22-year panel following people from 1991 to 2013 and looking about the impacts of migration on, on, on migrants. And what we found that compared to non-migrants, migrants were in poorer physical health, they were more stressed out, they were less happy. They had higher ambitions in the realm of assets. They wanted to accumulate more asset wealth, but they had actually lower access to assets later on because they moved away from their homes and lost the ties to their, to their home. So we have unmet aspirations again. So I, I think it's important to look at the fact that migration can be a very powerful and important opportunity, but there are costs that sometimes we ignore and that we need to take into account. Um, so I, I think that's, that's one important thing. If I can add one last point, which is that um, uh, when, when migrants leave, there's a household left behind, and often that can create opportunities for those left behind, but it can create extra burdens as well. And so I think it's important for us to understand are remittances coming and, and what, are, what is that migration doing? Thank you, Katrina. Important points also on those left behind. Google her paper, came out last week. <laughs> 